listening to the voice of Howard Stern. Hello, you rotten little butt sucker. This is Alice Cooper. Hey, this is Justin from NSYNC. This is Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, hey, baby. Hellers are gay. Hi, this is Jack. Just back up from the border for a short visit. You know what I'm talking about, pal? Hi there, and welcome to another edition of The Horse's Mouth. You're in The Horse's Mouth, and my name is John Teague. Well, um... If this sounds weird, I've got a a sinus thing going on. It's been two weeks now. It's just like driving me bonkers and I'm doing everything I can to flush it. And it's been, it's nearly gone. It is much better. And I don't feel too bad. Um, I felt pretty average last week, but um, nonetheless, I'm just saying if I feel it sound a little stuffy, that's because um, my sinus is a little bit up the duff so anyway um without further ado i um will get on with the podcast so today i had the good fortune of speaking with none other than virginia bull martin now virginia is an amazing human being she is a person of her word she is very hardworking, um and she has a fashion label in melbourne called bull and so for those of you that um you know are in and around that kind of vibe in um fashion world you probably know of the label and for those of you that don't know anything about fashion um yeah bull it's looks like bull but it's bull um there's an apostrophe above the u and it's only one l um so anyway virginia i'd been at her for ages um well i'm at her all the time because she's my girlfriend so like i'm just like wake up are you gonna do it today you're gonna do it today you're gonna do it tomorrow you're gonna do it tomorrow when are we gonna do the podcast when are we gonna do the podcast? she fucking hates it she hates it so um thanks thanks slimbo thank you for coming to the microphone today i i really appreciate it um she's got a bit of a um banged up arm at the moment and um yeah it's just been one of those weeks um yeah so she fractured a wrist snowboarding on Sunday the day before we were going to go on a holiday together. So it's really been one of those weeks. And uh, anyway, I'm very grateful that she um, was of her word and came to the microphone today. Um, so I hope you enjoy our chat. She's, you know, she's she's been at it for a long time and she lives and breathes it and... Um, and loves it. So, you know, it's refreshing to talk to someone who's so in, 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 into what they do um, and have been on that train for a long time, you know. Um, anyway, what else? Um, so I had the little epiphany this week. I, I don't know, like, this might make sense to you or not, but if you have listened in the past and I had talked about the windsock that's on top of Rip Curl and I use it to tell whether the wind's onshore or offshore, uh, and that's old school. That, like that. I just I just realised this week what a fucking dinosaur I am. You know, I still go off windsocks. What's the wind doing? I mean, there's an app on your phone that tells you the wind, you know, like everybody lives on their phone in their apps. And so no wonder Rip Curl haven't replaced the windsock. Like I, I, I now get it that I'm a dinosaur and I'm still driving around looking at windsocks because I fucking hate looking at my phone. I do and I'm guilty of being in it and I'm constantly deleting Instagram like you know, when I was single. I, was, I would delete Tinder just as much. Like I just hate the apps. Hate them. And um, 
Anyway, whatever pulls me out of reality. And, you know, some people might say, well, the phone's part of reality and you've been, you know, you're not really like living in reality if you're trying to block that so much. But I like the physical world. I was listening to Zuckerberg and Joe Rogan talk today and Zuckerberg pointed out that um, reality is, he calls reality a physical reality because the other reality is still a reality. It's just not, he calls the physical reality. So anyway, I had the aha moment. Why haven't Rip Curl replaced the windsock? Well, it's because there's this cam. There's a surf cam now pointed straight at Winky Pop from under somebody's house that Swellnet are paying them to put under their veranda. And then if you pay Swellnet, you have a premium membership and you can look at Winky Pop. So who the fuck needs a, a windsock anymore? Really? Um, now, I'm not getting on board with this. I know lots of people are. I've asked millions of people and it just seems like, you know, I, I'm... You know, it's pretty across the board. Some people hate it and some people love it. You know, it's a divisive topic in town at the moment and I'm going to just stay out of it, I think, and just say that for me, I, I'm old. I just like to go and check the surf. I like bumping into people when I'm checking the surf. Maybe I'm killing 20 minutes of a day that I shouldn't be by checking the surf and wasting fossil fuels by driving my car there and back where I could just look at a fucking phone and check it. But I like the taking a coffee looking at the surf and going through that ritual that's a ritual for me and part of part of surfing that i love anyway if you don't surf and you don't know what i'm talking about i'm really sorry for boring you with that um anyway that was a little ha-ha moment i had this week and with without crapping on anymore i'm going to throw you into the conversation that i had with virginia i hope you enjoy our chat i really you know well i we live together, so I love talking to her, and it's 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 tricky to interview or not interview, but talk to someone, and and when you know most of the things, there's always stuff that you know you don't know, but it's it's a little um, harder. But uh, nonetheless, we, I think we had a lot of fun, and I, I loved I, I loved. I loved going. I love doing this. So anyway, I hope you enjoy our chat. I'll see you on the other side. Two hours of crap, a complete and total. So if you, you know, do you think that's a difference between, you know, some people say country folk, you know, I used to hate being called a country bumpkin when I was a kid. I was like, city people used to call us country bumpkins. Yeah. I fucking hated it. Like I really, really riled me up. Fair enough. Yeah. And but do you think that there's a difference in like fast paced living in the city that sort of lends itself a little bit more to people pleasing and flakiness as opposed to like country life? Or it could be a time, don't answer that because I'm going to keep talking. <laughs> or there could be a time that I grew up when there was no phones. And if you said to someone you had to be somewhere or do something, that's where you were and that's what happened. Oh, uh, yeah, totally. But I don't know if there's a difference. I think it's a personality thing i think there is definitely something with being from the country um or you know people are much more down to earth i find than from in the city just with the fast pace style but that doesn't but it's still very personal also whether somebody is to their word or not now um this is interesting uh, because you're in an industry that lends itself to, I don't know, do you think people in your industry are steadfast? Uh, definitely not. 
<laughs> I didn't want to say it because it's got a <laughs> reputation, you know. Um, no, absolutely not. And that's why I am not really um, never felt at home in the industry. I never felt like it was for me. I, I I liked to design and I liked to do what I did in it, but I never felt like... What you do in it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> in it. In it. <laughs> but it never felt like it was... Um, the rest of the industry was for me. Well, there's a generalisation that goes with a lot of jobs. Yeah, absolutely. And... I mean, you seem to have your feet on the ground. Yeah. And you seem to be pretty successful in an industry that's renowned for its... I don't know. I'm not in it. But, I, you know, mm. people go, oh, f- fashion. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, you're in fashion. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. But you get you get a mix of people. There are a lot of people in there that... Fuck, of course, I right? Think are like you can't me. be so black and white with anything. Yeah. And even more so now. But, you know, growing up when I was getting into the industry and trying to go to the parties and meet the people, I was like, oh... I can get into it, but it doesn't. It's not really what I want to be doing, and it's not really me. And Did these aren't really my people. But of course, I always found someone here or there that I, you know, got along really well with. And At the parties, yeah. <laughs> Do you think the parties? Right. Yeah. I only say this from my own experience of being like partying and thinking, <laughs> oh, I'm going to meet someone in the industry that's going to recognize me as this fucking loose cat wild next Heath Ledger and um, want to put me in the film. And really the reality of it was I was just a fuck up drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but I perceived that I had to be this loose goose cat. At, you know, um, maybe there's an element of me just in that. But yeah. I thought at the parties, that's where I was going to meet the person that was going to kick me into my world yeah. as opposed to just hard work. Yes. Um, do you think that going to the parties, my roundabout way of asking the question, do you think the parties helped you? Definitely. The networking did help you? Absolutely. It's all who you know. Wasn't that wonderful? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously not all, but it is a huge, huge help. Yeah. And I felt I, I was, especially at that age of my life i was like i'm a yes person i'm gonna say yes to absolutely everything because every time i say yes everything i go every time i go to something even if i didn't want to there i always have an outcome from it that helped me get somewhere i found or i met someone that in turn met someone there and then i did that and that and it all you know stems through and found that it all was also helpful um so at that age, I was like, I'm never saying no to anything ever. Oh, wow. Really? Do you think yeah. this ties into your people-pleasing <laughs> aspect that might happen today and you over, um, over-commit yourself to certain calendars? Yeah, I mean, calendars? I, was, I was much worse back then. I'm much better now. Oh, yeah. But it definitely, yeah, it obviously came from there. And I think just because I had so much success in saying yes, I was like, this is for me. Yep, this is the kind of person I am. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Now, going. let's jump back. How Mm. old are you at this period when you're just fucking yes to everything? I think I was about, hmm, I think it started like late teens and then when I was early 20s, 
definitely. That's when I sort of started going on this real yes thing. Was it something you learned yourself or was did someone say like, oh, you should say? No, I just, I just noticed that I did a lot of things and more than everyone else. And I was sort of like, why wouldn't you do all these things if you've got opportunities and look where they get you? And I sort of realized that because I did so many things, so many more than other people were doing, that I'd had a lot more opportunities. And this is all driven into your own business and fashion? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Mm. And then just general life stuff, Mm. I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay, and then I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Um, Growing up, were you... Did you lie in bed as a little girl and go, I want to be in fashion? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think from the age of 12, yes. 12, that's pretty early. Yeah. Yeah. Not before that. Before that, I didn't ever think about it. Zero shits given. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was only when I started making my own clothes. How did that come about? That was because I was going through a lot of different transformations of clothing styles, genres. Can can you break that down to the layman? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I basically, whatever genre of music I was listening to at the time, I fully put my everything into that genre. I dressed like it, got my hair done, just fully committed, went to. This is my identity. This is. Yeah, I just wanted to always reflect who I was, what I was into in the way that I dressed and the way that I looked. And because I was a really shy kid as well, I was like, this is how I express myself. And so I had started off by being in a grunge vase and that was wearing like band T-shirts and um, cargo pants and Army cargo pants? like Army cargo like, pants. Like camo pa- pa- coloured? Uh, no, just like khaki and khaki, like okay. cut off short versions and like <laughs> Converse All Stars and stuff like that. Yep. Um, and, and that was all pretty easy to dress. And then like grandpa shirts and cardigans, you know, Nirvana, Kurt Cobain vibe. Yes. And didn't you think that you were one of the first cardigan wearers? No, <laughs> petticoat. Petticoat. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Close. Yeah. Um, yeah, petticoats as well. Petticoats uh, over the pant over the pants. What is a petticoat? It's um, like a button-up cardigan kind of thing. No, it's a dress that you. Oh, used it's to the wear. third piece of a suit. <laughs> it's a vest. Oh. Um, it's it's the undergarment that women used to wear underneath their dress. It's like a little a silk slip. The tie-up thing. No, it's a dress. It's a corset. It's a corset. It's just to hold you in. This is just to for an extra layer underneath your dress. Oh, like just a little silk slip. A little silk slip. Yeah, they often have like oh, lace. Oh, so you just wear one of those around. Yeah, we That's just pretty, wear one of those around. Just, That's pretty sexy. Yeah, just like lingerie. But then the vibe was to wear it with overpants. Overpants. So it was like a dress. Overpants. Oh yeah, yeah, that kind of like. Um, I can think of the song where she's wearing the big hat and she's sort of like. <laughs> four non blondes. Yes, four non blondes. <laughs> yeah, that's twenty five years and my life is still <laughs> that vibe. That was that was um, not cyberpunk. That was 
I've had a mental blank. Different punk. Um, steam train punk or something. You always say something weird about that. Yeah, steam. Like yeah, I did. Steampunk or? Steampunk, I think. Is it? I think that's what I said. Yeah, so that's a. Puffin Billy punk. <laughs> yeah, one of those. It's a bit of a different, I guess sort of similar, but that was um, a little bit of like big hats and stuff. Bit of a different vibe, but yes. Uh, there are elements of that in there for sure. Yeah. I think okay. I remember them wearing maybe a petticoat. Anyway. Sorry, sorry to sidetrack you. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, so then after that, I went on to my goth phase. Mm. And um, at that point, I was wearing a lot of velvet things and fishnet stockings. And I'd paint my face white and wear black lipstick. And How old were you? Um, I was 13 wow. at this point. You were really into it young. Yeah, I got into it young. Yeah. And so, um, like, I've lost my train of thought, but 13, fishnets, white face, what was the music that went with that? Marilyn? Marilyn Manson, mainly. Yep. Yeah. You had a big Marilyn <laughs> bender. Yeah, big Marilyn Bender. Yeah, totally. I was, yeah, obsessed with that band for a while. Do you listen to it now and does it take you back? Oh, absolutely. I love listening to it. Oh, you still listen to it? Yeah. What's your favourite Manson song? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, beautiful People? Uh, I think it was probably Beautiful People. Yeah. I mean, what a banger. <laughs> um, oh, I really liked Sweet Dreams. That was another one there. Yeah. There, redo. But- so your dark little... Grum. I was real dark, yeah. So I remember I went to a new school when I was in that phase and already everyone was a little bit scared of me just from the way that I looked. I had short, black, spiky hair and nose ring and wore like a dog collar. And starting in a new school, people were kind of like, what the... And then we had a casual clothes day and I went um, and I got sent home for being inappropriately dressed on casual clothes day, which I think is absurd. Um, but I was wearing a short, sort of a short black um, velvet dress with lots of lace on it and then the fishnet stockings and lace-up Doc Martens. I used to carry around this um, petty cash t- little teal container that I decoupaged with Marilyn Manson pictures. Um and then I did my face white. So really, you kind of like looking like a school shooter before your time. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder they fucking send you home with a toolbox full of weapons, no doubt. <laughs> it's just pretty cash. It's so small. What is the, all the cash from? You dealing at thirteen? <laughs> the beauty of that box is you needed the key to get in. Yeah, I couldn't. What just did you open keep in my it? Bag. What the key? No, what did you keep in the box? That was like my wallet. Yeah, okay. There's so no phones just pull at up point. at the tuck shop. <laughs> just hold on a sec. Of <laughs> a pie and a snake. <laughs> I'd have like stickers in there. I don't know. I was like still a kid, so yeah. you know yeah, whatever yeah, you yeah. carry around in your bag. Yeah, sunny boys. That's what I used to be. Few <laughs> <laughs> snacks, toffee apples. Uh, anyway, so I got sent home, and I was pretty upset about that. And my parents said, "No, you've got to go back." I was like, what? On the no. same day. On the same day. They yeah. said, no, you've got, you just show them, just go back. And I was like, I don't think going back is showing them. And they're like, nah, just, you know, fuck them. Just go back, you know, 
obviously get changed and go back and just, you know. And I was pretty annoyed because I was really upset about it and didn't want to go back. But anyway, I did. I put on some like ripped ripped off like cargo shorts and it was like a band t-shirt so, so you went back point, to grunge you left maryland I, went back to grunge back to grunge. grunge was acceptable <laughs> <laughs> but then everyone was grungy yeah i went gr- yeah there were girls in petticoats i remember on this we yeah. were going away on on like a day trip somewhere anyway so i did go back and i remember that the kids were clapping me and as i got back to school Oh, wow. Yeah. At the resilience for coming back. Yeah. (laughs) And just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. Or like, yeah, like, I don't know. I'm not sure, but I was really embarrassed. Anyway, so I went, I, yeah. But I was getting in trouble a lot from my hair and nosing and things like that. And so was it more, were you actually like, uh, did you have like the dark, were you dark or was it just the more the dress and people couldn't get their head between you can dress however the fuck you want and still be getting shit done you know there's a difference yeah. there or you dress and act the bill you know yeah what I, mean? I mean i was an angsty teenager that's for sure mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> so i was probably you know pretty a bit of both a bit of both yeah okay and i didn't what were really, you like academically i didn't really care about school either and i think that annoyed them and i'd always have in my report card that I was just talking too much, that I only cared about socializing. Oh, you talked a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just real chatterbox. Look at, look at Marilyn Manson up the back chattering away. <laughs> yeah, that point, yeah, just to my friends. I was just, I never listened and I just was too interested in chatting and drawing in my diary and yeah, talking yeah. about boys. Yeah. Did you draw on your pencil case and shit? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, great. Drawing on everything. Um, now, but you at this point in time, obviously with all the gear changes and you've already just said, you're thinking that I'm just going to be in fashion. Oh, uh, yeah. So then um, I went into a punk stage after this. Mm. And so I wanted tan pants. I wanted, you know, all sorts of punkish stuff. And mum said, I'll make you... I'll make you some things. <laughs> she made me these tartan pants that kept on falling apart all the time. And she'd just re-sew them back together. And I was like, yeah, cool. Or I'd just put safety pins, which I preferred the vibe of anyway. And so your mum was handy on the sewing so machine? So she, yeah, um, she was very handy. So she taught me how to sew. And then... Um, and how did Barb know how to template pants and stitch them up? And She had... she wanted to be a fashion designer when she was young as well so she tried to get into fashion school didn't get in but she had all the skills and she should have got in but she had all the skills and um has always made clothes all of her life so she really it was so i always find that really interesting when people's parents you know are in or going for a fit i always feel like it's somehow already in your dna partially yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Like you look at a lot of people who, I don't know, that's not really a real rule of thumb. Mm. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I look at it like with surfing and I think the, this amazing waterman whose mm. fathers were amazing watermen and I feel like that's sort of in them more. Yeah. And I just. Yeah, for sure. I notice that in all aspects of career and life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But Well, when I think about myself and my personality, I'm definitely an amalgamation of my mum, my dad, my stepdad, 
all of them together. And that's pretty much, I've taken parts of all of them and that completes me. So I'm definitely, you know, growing up. But you are you. But I am me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm definitely me. (laughs) I'm just three people. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, after punk, then I went to rave and this is where I started making clothes. And I know it seems like a weird transition at punk to rave, but. You know, that's just that's just where it went. It was punk sort of to rave, yeah. Yeah, no. sort of punk, and I sort of went to skater. Um, Did you skate? Then, yeah, yeah. I dressed like a skater, a dude, not like a skater girl. Mm-hmm. I was um, more into the, and the same with all of them. Did I you wear like, gungaroids? Oh, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> the gungaroids were a skate short, not to be sold to nerds, and oh. that's what that was like the tag on the. Pants. Ah. It was the gungaroids, not to be ah. sold to nerds, and you ah. know, like in the maybe they're a bit before your time. Maybe. Well, I was wearing like blank hoodies and boom jeans. Oh yeah, was, that was the next generation of skaters. Toes. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'd hang out at the skate park all the time and the sale yards in Melbourne uh, and yeah. SMC. Um, wouldn't skate much, mainly just hung around. Yeah. <laughs> I checking just out, the vibe. Checking out the talent at the yeah. The, the cattle, cattle yeah, yards. I'd go between there and Flinders Street Station. I was a real Flinders Street Station dweller. Was that from, ha- just hanging on the stairs under the clocks? Yeah, yeah. From Goth Stage all the way through in what all my different... under those clocks? Oh, you just like sat there and hung out and talked shit and to other sort of weirdos. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, and then you'd just go smoke some bongs down underneath the yeah. bridge yeah. and come back. Yeah. And then go for a walk, come yeah. back, you go get alcohol, drink there. I don't know. It, I spent every weekend there all the time. Yeah. Just, just hanging out. Yeah. On the on the steps there or inside. But yeah, you know, just in the city every weekend and like night, a lot of like weeknights as well. It was just my hang for years. Yeah, right on. Did yeah. people, you ever bump into anyone that, that recognizes you from like... <laughs> Hey, you're the girl from the Phyllis Street. <laughs> hey, I met you smoking bong under yeah. the bridge one time. Yeah. Actually, no, no. No, I haven't, no one's no. ever rushed through. No, yeah. okay. no, I that. no unfortunately. Yeah. Um, good times. But, uh, yeah, I got into, into the rave scene after the skate scene and started – I wanted – just really crazy clothing. And also the rave clothing was so expensive. And mom, How come? I don't know. I don't know why it was because it was just like pretty crappy fabrics. And I guess they were quite detailed, but maybe there was, you know, not many people doing it. So they just had a high premium. So mum was always, when we'd see things out, oh, no, don't buy that. We can make that. I can make that. And then so... <laughs> I said, can you make me these pants? And I went to Spotlight and bought this blue fabric with white stars on it and then red fluff. And really? Americano? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so she made me these baggy pants. They look like pajama pants. but um, And they had her red fluff down the – like stripes down the sides and then red fluff patch pockets on the back. And I loved them. So I started wearing those to raves. And then I wanted to just get into wearing some more sort of crazy, crazy things that um, 
I just couldn't afford really. So I, I think the first thing I made were these gray, absolutely like nylon plastic, really non-breathable pants with <laughs> sweat bombs. Yeah. Real sweat bombs. Down and dance all night in these. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was terrible. Um, with like, like reflective and buckles hanging off them and like just so ill-fitting, but I had the buckle to do it up. So it was fine and just shit hanging off them. Um, and that was the first thing I made. And then I just kept on, kept on making more things. Now, hold on. So like you wore the first things that you made and you still have those pants, right? Yeah. I still got them. (laughs) Can't wait to see them. I don't think I'll ever wear them again, but. Uh, I never say never. You never know. You never know. Um, and let me just prompt you a little bit maybe. And did someone comment on those pants and say, I want some? Um, not those ones. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not those. That was like quite early on. But then I started just making my general clothes. Coming out of rave, I sort of went on to this other, other genre that I don't really know how so you hold, describe. Uh, yeah, okay, hold on. I'm just going to back this up a little bit. How okay. old were you when you were going to raves? Well, I started when I was 14. It's 14! so you're going to raves and raves usually happen quite late at night yes yeah yeah at all sorts of nefarious um off the grid places yes yeah yeah so how are you getting to these places um i think we'd get like the bus out you know just public transport and would you be sneaking out yes yeah definitely (laughs) guilty and yeah (laughs) So we do the old classic, oh, I'm staying at their house, they're staying at my house. Um, one time, one of our best friends said, oh, you guys go out. She couldn't go or she didn't want to go or something. And she's like, look, I'm going to, I'll hold the fort. I'll, you know, you both stay at my house. I'll I'll make sure that you're able to go out and then get back in the morning without mum seeing. So she slept in the kitchen where there was a back door so that she could get us in at whatever time we came and she was just such a legend she was like just woke up and she's like oh yeah how was it like great like come in and who was that tegan tegan you are the best you're the best (laughs) friend like what kind of a friend does that you guys go out i'll hold the fort yeah she was great that's rock solid yeah that's a person of their word absolutely yeah she was goody yeah she stuck to a word so that was um, that was fun. I did. I get, <clears throat> did get in trouble once. Um, got grounded for the first time. Being caught at a rave by um, someone that I was working with. I got this job as like a dish pig when I was fourteen at the same cafe that my dad worked at. And one of the girls there saw me there and told him about it. But when you saw her, right? Yeah. Were you like, "Woo! Hey, what's up?" And you have a convo or did you try and hide from it? Knowing no, that- I was high on acid and I was like, yeah. <laughs> and she definitely conveyed that back to you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so she stitched you up. Yeah. yeah. Yes, she did. Um, and how did your old man go? Did he? Was he angry? Yeah, he was angry. So I'd never been grounded before. My parents didn't ground me, but he did. So... Um, yeah, he was really angry and, and then I tried to sneak out of being grounded to go to another rave once and I 
went while, out, while grounded. While grounded. So it was that I waited till like midnight or something and I went out the door and as like the door closed, I heard him sort of get up <laughs> and I didn't have time to put my shoes on. So I just started sprinting down the street without my shoes. There was a 7-Eleven down the road. Oh so my I sprinted God. down to 7-Eleven and bought a Crunchy. And came back and was like, oh, yeah, I was just went out. Sleepwalking. <laughs> Look what I found. <laughs> Did he go for it? I don't think so, but he couldn't do anything about it. I so, just felt like a crunchy. <laughs> just like midnight snack crunchy. Just no shoes. It's better than acid. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yeah. That was that was the old rave days. Okay. And so then off the back of you making your first thousand bars pants, you yes. start making some more clothes. Yeah. Then I sort of, yeah, then I started making all sorts of things and I got quite creative in what I was making. And then people started commenting on what I was wearing and asking where I got it from and if they could get one. And and I really loved making clothes and designing Um so I just started sewing quite a lot and decided, well, I decided, yeah, before, at that point before that that's what I wanted to do when I grew up. Um, so everything I did from that point was in the trajectory to become a designer. So in, for VCE, I did all subjects um, that would help in that in the long run. In design so I did fashion design I did graphic design to help with you know everything around it of course I had to do English I did maths to help with pattern making um, which completely trips me out yeah yeah well like I've got X amount of meters of fabric makes <laughs> 10 tops or <laughs> no no no, no. Pattern. so mm, it's like the pattern the oh, pa- you don't have to bust it down for okay. me okay <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and um, even if you did, I yeah. wouldn't get it. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, I'll leave it as that. <laughs> and then textiles. So um, I changed schools as well. The school that I was at only had one artistic class that was called art. And I knew that that's what I wanted to do and that wasn't really going to help me get there. So I left that school at the end of year 10 and went to Swinburne Senior Secondary and they, you know, they were just known for having a lot of um, creative subjects and they had so many and everything I wanted to do. So I changed over, particularly for that, for that reason. And I wasn't great at the usual academics, academic subjects. So I, you know, there were so many reasons that I didn't want to stay there and well, to it's move pretty, on. Sorry to cut you off, but it's pretty so, awesome that you were so angular in where you wanted to go and you're still there you know you knew yeah. whereas like most schools and most people kind of don't know yeah absolutely you know? so it's, it's quite fortunate that you could have you could sculpt mm. that to some degree so fortunate and even you know after high school everyone was still like oh i still don't know what i'm gonna do i'm just gonna do this arts degree and i and i felt so lucky that i was like oh, you know, I well, I know what I want to do. I don't have to try and figure it out. But I also really liked the idea that people were able, didn't know, and just tried a lot of different things. And and, I, and even now, I'm sort of like, I've only ever done the one thing. 
you know, I think it's quite cool when, you know, people do have a lifetime of doing a lot of different things. Like you. (laughs) (laughs) You've had a lot of jobs. I was watching a movie last night and you're like, have you done that spinny sign thing? (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't put it out of your realm. (laughs) (laughs) Me neither. Um, but no, but anyway, yeah. So th- I think that's pretty fortunate though. Like I, I yeah. like that idea of that, you know, like mine's been so loose. Yeah. But I know it's always been in an arc. I know, I know I've got a pocket, but like it's yeah. never been really very specific or it was for a while. And then anyway, whatever. Yeah. It's more about you than me. <laughs> Let's make it about me. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so you finished school and you've done all the things that you wanted to do. Yeah. And is it straight into university? Uh, I, I tried to get into uni, into fashion course, and I didn't get in. Um, I didn't have a high enough end of year, like TER score. Why? Because you did like the, um, the subjects that you were doing didn't grade high enough? Yeah, they all grade lower. Yeah, yeah. I know, I did all the fucking... You yeah. should have seen my VCE subjects. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, everything yeah. was graded down. Yeah. Um, which really sucked. And I'm, you know, not great at exam time, but my folios, they were like... I got perfect scores on those, so that was great. But, you know, put to the test. Not so great at that. So it... Um, and then they all got graded down. So that's fine because I knew that... I don't know. It kind of wasn't fine at the time not getting into the degree course. I really wanted to. It was the RMIT fashion degree course. And if you, you know, got over a certain um, point, then you would just automatically get in. Mm. So it's got nothing to do with your skill. And I did go to a an interview and had a meeting and showed them my folio and my follower was huge. I did like five times the amount of work that you had to do just because I loved it so much. Uh, it was a really good folio and, but I still didn't get in. And so I was pretty upset and my mum was really upset because the same thing happened to her. Uh, so I, I think I'm going to party and meet a whole lot of people and just say <laughs> fucking yes. <laughs> This is what I'm going to do instead. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But that's, so, yeah, it's yeah. fucking so frustrating. Has the system changed? The, yeah, it's changed now. So now that doesn't it doesn't exist. So now you Isn't have to... fuck? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's worked out how it's worked out. You know, yeah. But, but, yeah, it was a blessing in disguise because then I decided... Well, I did... I took a year off and I wanted to just get out there and get some experience. So I did work experience. Little work experiences everywhere, mm. um, just to get some, you know, hands-on experience. And I did live overseas as well. So my family moved to Spain for a year. What straight after this sort of shitty bit of information that came down, you're not getting in, and yeah, kind you're of all sort of tied in, and yeah, you trekked off to Spain. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, so I guess it worked out. It yeah, worked out well. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Down, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we moved to Mallorca. Um, Had you started bowl at this stage? No. No, okay. I hadn't. No. Yeah. Um, 
I took my sewing machine over and I was still sewing a lot at that point. Um, but sort of just went over and worked in a shop. What sort of shop? <laughs> we, were, we opened a crumpler store over there. So, Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. We, so we, the reason we went was because my stepdad started crumpler with two other guys and they had gone into business with these two German guys and they said, oh, okay, let's, we should, you know, live in the same country and work together. So like, okay, what's somewhere between Germany and Australia? And Oh, yeah, Mallorca. <laughs> it's really not close to Australia, but, you know, what a great result. So we just packed up and moved over the other partners as well or moved to this tiny little village in Mallorca in Spain. So it was a really cool experience. Um, and did you opened, help open that shop? Opened a sh- well, I don't think – no, I didn't. I didn't help open it. I don't know why. Anyway, I worked in there. We It was <laughs> down this little laneway uh, in the main city. It took two hours, two and a half hours to get there, like two hours on a bus. You had to walk down a mountain to get... From where you were living? From where we were living, oh, yeah. it was a, a schlep. It was a real schlep. It was in um, Palma, like the main city. Uh, but it was down this little laneway and then down another little laneway. So it was really off the beaten track and it was just so quiet and um yeah not much happened in that little store Mm. i just made friends with the woman from the bikini shop across the road who was this really cool chilean woman Uh, we had this cockroach infestation in the store and she'd always run around singing like (laughs) (laughs) that's all i remember from her um, and then they'd have a siesta at three, if you know, for three hours in the middle of the day. So you'd have to close the store and just hang out at the beach or do whatever three, for three hours. Would you siesta? I'd often sleep. Yeah, yeah, okay. was, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't go home, couldn't do anything. So, so we just like sometimes would put a pillow behind the desk and just sleep there. Do you think that that's a nice thing to implement into um, Western culture? A hundred percent. Really though? Yes. So from what hours to what hours? Um, would be the break. Yeah. I think, oh, just like an hour and a half is enough. I don't think you need three hours. Yeah. Um. 12 to 1.30 or? Yeah, 12.30 to 2. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just mandatory everyone. Just. Yeah, just everything shuts down. You've yeah. got to do it. And everyone just, oh, I just, you know, you've got to just have a relax. You or, have some family time. Or can time. I give you another one? Yeah. All right. You get the siesta, one and a half hours every day, or a four-day work week. Mm, four-day work week, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I think that should be definitely implemented by now. Yeah. That's a given. Vote one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, um, so you're working in the Crumble store. But weren't yeah. you working in another store there, uh, shop there? Of, I was like, working in a cafe, in a restaurant yeah. as well. And that was, we lived up on this, halfway up this mountain um, in this called um, little town called Biniarach. And then uh, if you went further up the mountain, there was another little village called Fornaluch. And that's, there was a little um, like restaurant, cafe, bar there that we, you know, in a little square that used to work out. And that was owned by this sort of fiery old, scottish man and his young swedish girl 
um, girlfriend. And (laughs) it was a funny vibe. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't speak. I did a three-week intensive Spanish course with my mum. And so I was speaking. I was really trying and speaking, you know, quite a bit of Spanish. But, you know, my boyfriend at the time was living with us as well. And we all spoke English. So it was hard to sort of force yourself to, you know, when there's so much around you. But I'd always, when I went to the bar and restaurants, just try and... Donde está el baño? Gracias. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So it was okay that I didn't uh, speak Spanish, but you know, working at a restaurant there, so that was cool and that was easy. But a hospo is not for me. Um, Oh, it's um, hard work. I've done a lot of hospitality. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine you have. And it's like you know, taking you take a lot of heat, you take a lot of crap from people, and it's difficult. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And great if you're like young, it's. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Because you, you know, drink after work and yeah. it's all like, you know, it's real boozy. Yeah. What well, was for me anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's real <laughs> Let's boozy. get everyone real <laughs> fucked up and then we'll get fucked up and woo! <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think, well, I was retail. I think you're either retail or hospital. I think you're either really suited to one or the other and I was a retail oh, kind of person. Yeah, I did that too. Yeah, I'm sure you did. <laughs> So you'd prefer the retail, yeah? Like more the better hours, yeah. Daytime, still got your nighttime. Yeah, I always felt like, oh, I'd prefer if I was at nighttime out that I'd be jealous of all the people that were out together. But during the daytime working in retail, I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. But I'd like to spend my nights out, you know, with my friends and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. But um. Anyway, it was really fun experience working at this restaurant. And, um, I mean, it was a cool experience just living over there in general. Yeah. I almost killed myself. What? On how? A, on a <laughs> on a scooter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Were you r- driving? I was driving. A friend was like, "Oh, do you want to do you want to learn?" And you got a fair motorbike background. Yes. I do. So everyone in my family has had a motorbike accident. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, dad was a, well, a he, racer. Yeah. And then when he met mum that, you know, that were... How um, long did he race for? A long time? Oh, uh, I don't know. Quite mm. a few years. Yeah. And into well into when him and mum were together. Um. And they used to just ride a bike all the time. I remember they used to pick me up from school. It was so illegal, just without a helmet. My brother and I stuck in between them, you know, Bali style. Four people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, we used to get picked up from school like that. Um, and then they had a really big accident, mum and dad together. Really? Ended up in hospital for three months. And Bullshit. Both of them? Yeah. Yeah. Dad was in for longer. What happened? Uh, they were going down a just a residential street and then somebody just backed out of their oh my god right out of their driveway quite fast yeah. and clipped them and they just went straight off. yeah yeah exactly um so that was always scary and i think later yeah my brother was really into motorbike riding and he had an accident and broke his pelvis as well Damn. hip yeah really he got hit by a taxi um on a motorbike, so there was a lot of... I was pretty scared of motorbikes, but 
Yeah, a friend was just, uh, we'd also been smoking hash, so that was probably not a great start to learning. Pre-jumping on the scooter. <laughs> yeah. Just couldn't have been going more than like 5Ks. No, I wasn't. And the, so the thing was, it was from a stop position and having to turn and with someone on the back. Oh, and no, so I was right, trying hard, to yeah. go and trying to turn, but I wasn't. Their weight. Their weight. I couldn't turn and I wasn't no. leaning. I was just trying to turn it. And then I was going accelerating anyway so we went straight into this torrente what is that in english (laughs) (laughs) it's like a moat around the whole town so it's like a it's like a um little river that runs around and it was dry so there's a little rock wall that comes up sort of a meter and a bit and a bit out of stone out of stone yeah cool and then a full drop in and then just... Into a canal, like where the crocodiles are. Yeah. Like a moat. Yes, exactly. But yeah. there was just... There was no water. There was just rocks at the bottom, uh, like a four-meter sort of drop. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Vertical so, or graded? Um, like I, did it, was it like that? No, vertic- or like vertical, that? Vertical, vertical. Vertical. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So straight into the wall, straight over the wall, and we were sort of... He was behind did me. Did the bike go over? No, no. Oof, lucky. Yeah. He was behind me, so we were sort of flipping from, like, me facing the ground with him behind, flipping to his back facing the ground with me on top, flipping, going that. And so it was like a coin of who was going to cop it. And I guess if I was on the bottom face down, people have died there previously, so I guess that would have been a really... Wow. Yeah, so luckily maybe not for him, but we landed on his back. Um, and he had, and I sort of took all the skin off the front of my leg going over the wall and then landed on the bottom. Was this your boyfriend at the time? No, this is just a friend there. Mm. And there was a, a soccer game going on across the street at the time. So all of a sudden there were hundreds of people there. There's people yelling at us in Spanish and pouring water all over and I just didn't know what was going on. Then there were suddenly people taking photos. There were there was so much commotion. Um and it was just quite traumatic. He had a his back was pretty um fucked up from that. And Ambulance? Um no, no ambulance. We somehow oh maybe I don't remember how we got to the hospital maybe there was so you went to hospital yeah we went to hospital yeah. maybe there was an ambulance i probably should remember that um and anyway so yeah that was quite traumatic yeah. they then were like in the newspaper the next day because there was well if you fell four meters you're pretty lucky yeah really lucky yeah and i sort of i lied to my family because <laughs> i thought that they were going to be so angry at me <clears throat> so i pretended i told them that we just hit the wall and then i was like oh i've got to go back pick up my sunglasses and then we went back and my sunglasses of course were down the bottom and i'm like oh my god you, you could have gone down there too and you would have died and i was oh yeah yeah i know yeah and then of course it was in the newspaper and I was like, oh, no, hopefully they can't translate this. And it was in Mallorquin. And my auntie was there at the time and her partner was Spanish. 
And I was like, oh, no, I hope you can't read my Okean in here. He was sitting there trying to translate it, trying to read it out to the whole family. Oh and God. I was sitting there peeking like, oh, my God, they're all going to find out. Anyway, he, he couldn't. He struggled and couldn't, he couldn't figure out. And they never he, figured it out. No, but I did tell them years later. Uh, when I was say, is this the big reveal? <laughs> this is the reveal. <laughs> no, I said, you know what, guys? I lied all these all these years ago. I had to tell them. Yeah. But yeah, 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 I just felt they were just it was gonna be too worrying for them to hear that at the time. Um Yeah. <laughs> so it was quite the experience. Yeah, that's full on. Yeah. So did, and so did, have you been riding a motorbike since? Um, yes, little bits and pieces. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we rode one. I mean, I with you. No, I know, but I mean, have you been, you know, shotgun, not dinked? No, we rode them separately. Oh, little... we did too with Huey at Huey's. Yeah. Yeah, we rode them. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, you little hoon. Yeah. <laughs> so I have, like in Bali, you know, things like that, yeah. just like little bits. But, yeah, but I'm always quite very cautious and... Bit scared of them, mm-hmm. but yeah, I have got back on, mm. uh, so it hasn't scarred me for life too much. Um, but so, yeah, okay. that was a that was a cool experience, anyway. Yeah, um, and we sort of we went on this journey afterwards. Um, my boyfriend at the time and I, we sort of travelled around Europe for three months. And just took a tiny little backpack that it was just a laptop backpack and between you, well, for myself. Oh. And I remember, so that's nothing. We were traveling in the winter time. I think I put, I just had the laptop sleeve full of underpants in the winter. Yeah. Oh my God. And that's all we took. So literally had no change of clothes. I just had underpants, but pretty much. And we just lived on you know by every penny that we had just like what we could do you know did it really cheaply i remember one night we went to this rave and so we're like well we don't even need to get accommodation <laughs> and i think we like and i left and we're like oh, fuck this what have, what have we done we don't have anywhere to sleep now and then so we had to go sit in this on this park bench and try and sort of sleep and it would there. have been cold yeah it was pretty cold that was in like Vienna, I think. That's the worst feeling. Yeah. I hate that feeling. <laughs> it's really stupid. Yeah, we're just so tired and like, oh. and then we sort of, yeah, ran out of money and had to call mum and get them to, our pay hadn't come through and calling them on reverse charges. <laughs> Can you please lend us some money before the pay comes through? And we're just sitting there starving on the side of the road, just waiting, just waiting to be able to eat. But it was fun. It was a real adventure. So, yeah. You know, we just caught the train around, you know, and it's so easy in Europe, just like country to country. So that was cool. And then one time I called home and they said, oh, well, we're leaving. We've <clears throat> we're packed up all your stuff and we're going back to Australia. So you can just fly back to Australia from wherever you are. And that was really sad because we never got to go back and say goodbye to anyone and say goodbye to the place and I still haven't been back and I'd love to go so that was kind of bizarre and you know it's before social media so I don't didn't really get people's contact like you know email was the only how long were you there for a year oh wow it's a a good chunk of time when you're that age yeah yeah you know I think of like yeah you know someone that uh I was telling you the other day Ollie 
mm. from Margaret River when I spent a year over there, first out yeah. of school. And you know, that year's so like mm. real in your mind, like real, it is real, but it's like a big for me. Yeah. It's a big year. Yeah, totally. And always yeah. think about that time. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, well, it, so yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, so we came back and oh, I guess it was, you know, it was unfortunate. But then I decided, um, so I got into a TAFE course, fashion, which is, yeah, I, I guess it's, it didn't cost anything. I could just pay for it all up front. It was like under $1,000 for the entire year versus $1,000 for a year. For a year. Versus, you know, a degree course where, you know, you're on these paying these hex for years later. Um, and it was a real, it's just like technical course. So you learned everything hands on, whereas the design course was more sort of design orientated and drawing, which I didn't really care about because I knew I wanted to have my own label and all I wanted to learn were the skills. So in the end, it was really great that I didn't get into that degree course and did this TAFE course um, because it was just really hands-on, really technical. I did a year. You could do one year, two years, or if you did a third year, you'd actually do, get the degree. And I just did the first year and felt like I'd learned enough, you know, because I already had skills before that. I'd sort of learned the base and was ready to just go out into the world and figure it out how I wanted to. So I started the label then so I, at that time I was 19 and did the label and then I got did you call it bowl I called it bowl yes I called it bowl back then the logo is different from what it is now mm. but it had still had the same name so so let's do the maths on that bowl's been around for a while it yes it we has. don't have to do the maths yeah. <laughs> let's not talk about that <laughs> Um, but that was fun. I did everything, the bookkeeping, you know, doing all my baths, like, you know, just learnt, learnt how to do it, was just going, making sample collections myself, going, taking them to stores, showing the stores. Crazy. I would never do that now, you know. And But that's what you do when you're young with fuel in the tank. Yeah, you just don't it know gives, any better. Yeah. And I just, my parents had just given me the confidence. They were like, yeah, of course, you know that's what you're going to do. And I'd grown up with my stepdad, Dave, having a lot of different businesses and growing up in Crumpler, I was you know, the first ever sales assistant and I worked there for so many years. And then we talked about Crumpler every night. And so, you know, I learned so much at that point and he always was so encouraging about starting a label. And even to mom, he was like, you two, start a label, do it now. Like, you know, we're going to, like, I'm going to back it. Um, we never did that. But so he was always sort of saying, you know, you you should do that. You know, you've got this talent and, you know, he helped me with the, the skills and I had, you know, he mentored me through all of it. So Pretty that, awesome. It was so awesome. Yeah, I just... I didn't even think about it. I was just like, yeah, cool. That's what I'm doing. I'm mm. going to start this business. So it was really fun. And I did it for a, for years, a few years. And I was working just at a retail store and just doing, doing both, staying up all night, sewing. At this point, I was a night. So you're working in someone else's retail store? Oh, in the Crumple retail store? No, a different one, a fashion retail store. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I was at Crumple. I was... 
in their retail stores for like 10 years on and off. So I did work in a fashion store for what, a couple which of one? them. It's called um, um, Cactus Jam. Mm. <laughs> so they had a few stores. There was one that I worked at in the QV in the city. Are they still around? No. Mm-hmm. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. Then they had one in Hawthorne and one in um, one in Albert, oh, Port Melbourne. Uh-huh. So sort of moved around the different stores, but mainly in that one. And loved it. Had a great time. We were just always so hungover and just having made heaps of really good friends there and we're still friends now and it was a really fun time. Um, and that point, just sewing a lot working a lot and I got to the point I think I was a bit burnt out and a bit you know it was a lot of hard work and with not much outcome when you're at such a small business um and also you know just working a retail just to to try and keep it up so my parents said why don't you to have a little break from that and move overseas and get more experience and just you know work for work for someone else for a bit so i decided to get internships in new york so i contacted a few designers and just so before you went from melbourne yeah so i was still in melbourne yeah and i decided to go over have a trip over there for a week to meet with designers to try and get these jobs so i you know had a folio obviously already because I, you know, had the label and had made quite a few collections and a resume. So I sent that around to the places where I wanted to work. And I guess I was quite strategic with where I wanted to work. I didn't want to work at the bigger labels like Mark Jacobs. Um, oh, yeah, Mark, yeah. yeah. Oh, Mark. Yeah. Uh, things like that because I'd heard that, you know, in those ones it's great to have it on your cv you've worked there but actually interning there you're really just making coffees and photocopying things so and i didn't wasn't going to do it for you know the certificate i wanted to do it for the (laughs) billy okay there (laughs) i wanted to do it to actually to actually learn so i i got in touch with quite a few people and then i came over and interviewed with them and i got all of them and I was like, oh, okay, this is this is really easy, actually. You know, I hadn't really considered that. Well, first of all, you know, Australians are known as being hard workers, so I think you know that was a really high factor. Also, all of the other interns are basically students, and I had already finished. I, you know, I'd had a label, and I'd sort of had, you know, a bit of experience after that, and was a little bit. No, I guess I probably wasn't older, probably about the same age, but I just wasn't studying. I wasn't a student. Um, So that worked out really well for me. So I went back home to Australia and packed up my stuff and moved to New York and moved in with um, some girls in um, Williamsburg. So how did you – and the girls you moved in with, how did you – how did I know? So it yeah, was, was going on there? Um, at this time, Crumpler had a office in New York. Yeah. And one of the girls that worked there um, put me in touch. It was one of her friends. She said, oh, my friend has a spare room in her place. So that's how 
this came about mm. or she was moving out and looking for there a replacement. Was, yeah. So either way, it was just through a few people. So um, this was 2007. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, moved there, lived there for about three months. And I started off interning at Cynthia Rowley. Mm-hmm. Um, that was in... And so what was that like? Like it's, New York is just a fucking blow away. Yes. It was for me. Yeah. Like it took me a month to put my feet on the ground. I was, like one day I was like, holy shit. I feel like today's the first day I've been actually present. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like my eyes yeah. were on sticks. Yeah. Oh, it was crazy. Especially at that age, you know, I was 24 and perfect age for it you know you've got all the energy, energy yeah and you just like do you lose wow. weight i lost weight like because you just walk so much no i put on weight because i was drinking so much uh, i was drinking a lot too but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just because you walk everywhere i found that i just like yeah. trimmed right up there yeah right no not for me it was mm. the opposite for me okay, yeah my parents ended up coming over and visiting and they laughed at me when they saw me because I was a bit chubby. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how was working for Cynthia Rowley? What was that experience like? That was really interesting. I, It was such a whirlwind. So she is sort of this socialite but also a surfer. And Can she surf? Yes. Yeah, that's cool. And she's a longboarder. Mm. She, would, she had a house in Montauk and mm-hmm. went there, you know, every weekend and had one of her stores in the Hamptons. And I remember one, one weekend she came, sorry, one Monday she came to work and she'd lost both her front teeth. She'd already had them replaced by the time from wakeboarding. Um, so she's a bit of a hellcat. <laughs> yeah, totally. But then also this like real New York socialite. So it was like this quite, quite funny mm. amalgamation, but she'd come in, to the studio and was an absolute whirlwind. I would just tell everyone what to do. She, you know, change everything that everyone should ask everyone to do the day before. No, we're not doing that. Now we're doing this. And they were like, oh, okay, switched over. Now we're doing this. And I was just like, this is so, so wasteful. Like all this work that's been done. And then she just changes her mind. Like, how does she just change? And, you know, and everyone's like, okay, quick. Yep. Now we're doing that. And I was just like, wow, this is, this is insane, but okay. Uh, and But it was really fun. The people that we, I worked with were really cool and ended up, you know, hanging out with, with them out of work. Um, learned I did learn a lot there as well, um, probably not from Cynthia, although she did come. When, when you say learn, what, what sort of stuff? Um, I guess the best thing was just, watching how the business ran mm-hmm. and like the systems they have in place like workflow yeah and what all the people are doing all the different things and what they're exactly doing the workflow yeah so she you know then we would be sent down to the production no one wanted to go into the production department it was underground it was like the absolute dungeon it was like no not production <laughs> and production is the worst of in being in fashion as well it's just hard it's really hard work it's like the mailroom it was like the mail, exactly like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got, I got to just see all parts of it. And I, because I'd had sort of pattern making experience, I'd hang out with the pattern maker a lot and sort of watch what he did. And we had a, 
a good relationship. So he would like sometimes like let me help him out with some certain things. Um, so it wasn't so much Cynthia that was you're learning from, but it was the people no. that you were working for her. Oh yeah, and, yeah definitely yeah. not from her. No, she was just <laughs> <laughs> a real whirlwind of a woman, but um, from everyone else. But it was, you know, it was long hours, and especially coming up to Fashion Week, it was really long hours, and you couldn't leave. I remember one night, I think it was 2 a.m., and I was like, can I go home? I'm not feeling so well. And they're like, no, what? No, we need you. You can't leave. And you couldn't leave. And it was like, oh, my God. You what, know? So Fashion Week, what are you, like a like runway kind of thing? I don't know the terms. Yeah, what do you sorry. call that? Yeah, like, that's a runway. Yeah, yeah runway okay. show. So everyone's up. For just like fucking for raging on coke and just like models everywhere it, yeah. and just champagne. And They're like, we'll buy you dinner. Yeah. And like, you're working for free at this point. So like, I, I just, that's my perception. Yeah. Of I don't think, I think probably some places. Yeah. Just but Madonna's not, playing Vogue. Yeah. Vogue. <laughs> so everyone's doing coke and it's just like, no one's wearing any clothes and it's just <laughs> fabulous, you know. <laughs> I wish it was like that. I really do. <laughs> Can I go but, home? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, give me some more. I can't stay up. I'm too tired. But no, it was it wasn't like that. Oh, okay. was, unfortunately, <laughs> it was hard work, but it wasn't that fun. But it wasn't digging holes. What sort of hard work was it? Yeah, it wasn't digging. Oh no, it was like sewing on buttons or sewing like, on sequins, oh, really? like yeah, really okay. like little yeah. intricate things that had to be like finally finished off before it could attention go down to online. detail was on point. Yeah, 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 exactly. There was just a lot of stuff happening. So, <laughs> but she actually came to Australia a couple of years ago, and she you know, was sent out for Melbourne Fashion Week and was sent out to do a talk. And I, there was this designer dinner on one of the nights and she was there. And so I thought, oh my gosh, after all these years, I've got to go say hi. So of course I did and explained who I was. And Teeth look good. Yeah, teeth look good. She, well, and I was, her daughter was there and she was like, oh, where is there any surf? I'm going to go surfing. And so I was trying to give them some, some pointers, some tips. Yeah. And she still surfs as well, I think. So, Cynthia um, or the daughter? Cynthia. Yeah. Yeah, the daughter definitely does. And, um, and they do lots of collabs with Roxy and stuff like that. And they make wetsuits. And so she's very surf orientated. Anyway, so in the, uh, this, talk that she did the next day she spoke about me and you know was saying how you know I had to, she taught me everything <laughs> now look at me <laughs> <laughs> and were you doing like a, that top gun moment up the back like when he comes <laughs> bullshit <laughs> if i was there i would have somebody just told me about it okay, yeah. so i didn't actually get to hear it firsthand but yeah I thought oh, that's that was a nice funny. little plug yeah it was nice she did remember me and she she did say oh you know, because that was what, quite a few years before, so over 10 years before that. So it was nice. Yeah, it was really nice. It was nice to her to mention that, yeah. even though she was pretty harsh and pretty mean boss hmm. lady. But I also I got a job in their retail stores, so I worked for them afterwards after I interned with them. So the internship went for three months. And then I used to work at the Hampton store, so I'd get up at 5 a.m. and Oh, my God. That's catch a trick. that train bus situation yeah, Long Island Railroad, yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. that one to yeah. get there that's the train I shut my pants on yes 
You've been on that train too. I've been on that train. <laughs> Jamaica stop. Yeah, you Jamaica. Fucking hell. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, did that many times. Mm. Um, um, and then I had friends that, that lived out in the Hampton. So then I was like, this is cool out here. I started off getting the Jitney, Hampton Jitney, that bus. No, yeah, I don't oh, it's know. Like the Never fancy the people bus. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it was expensive. And then I learned about the train. I was like, oh, fuck that bus. Well, you can just get the train. It's way cheaper. You know, at that point, that's, you know, no money. It's a big thing. Yeah. 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 So. Um, fuck, you should have seen the buses that I'd get from uh, Chinatown downtown chinatown then to philly these cheap buses to philly I and mean, i've got family in philly oh. and like they would they were so cheap but they were so overfilled sometimes i'd have to sit on the floor oh my god <laughs> <laughs> like was this like a ticketed bus or you yeah just like, but like, like oh really yeah oh and god. but they were so dodgy you know and like there'd be people like yelling you know what chinatown down there's like it's just like and then you get your ticket and you get on and there's like no seats yeah, you know, like, oh, I'm on the floor. <laughs> Happened several oh, times. God. And yeah. how long was the ride? Oh, I can't remember. I think it's like two hours, two oh, and a half God. hours or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, it's so cheap you wouldn't give a shit. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, this was a different experience. The old Hampton Jitney. Yeah, the Jitney does not sound like no. the Chinatown bus. No, exactly. <clears throat> so yeah, yeah, so Cynthia gave you a plug, and yeah, yeah. Um, so you're in New York, you're working in stores. You yeah. worked in her store in the Hamptons. Yeah. Then I got another another internship with a designer called Heatherette. Oh, actually two two guys. Oh, Heatherette. Yes. Yeah, so that's tricky, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's very tricky. So that job was quite cool. The officers were in the oh Fedimit Blank, what's that tall? Empire State Building. Mm, yeah. Um, on, Did you go up the top at night? No, I went up the top once during the day kind of thing. I, but. I, lo- I only did it at night. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, that, that would have been beautiful. We were on the 62nd floor, so it was pretty nice up there. Mm. And the floor, it was though it was owned by FUBU, this brand. So <laughs> there were just it was the most eclectic group of people on this floor. Um, there was another brand called Drunken Monkey, and they were all just real drunk. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't know. They had a free um, coffee machine, one that of those coffee good. machines that you just press. Uh, I just hammered that all day long. Awesome. Yeah, just all the drinks. Um, but that was quite cool. I actually worked out of the office in by myself in this other room, so I wasn't even with <laughs> with the actual team. What were you doing there? I was just doing tech packs. So. I lied and said I knew how to do them and I had never done them. So I learned how to do them. So yeah. this was another skill that I hadn't done at the, at the internship. So that was really cool. I sort of just learned on the job and just working on tech packs, like spec sheets on the computer, like changing trim codes and changing colors of things. So they'd just give me a sheet and tell me all the changes to make and I'd just make those changes. Uh, so it was kind of bizarre not you know just working by myself in this and i just remember it was always so hot in there in the winter and i'd just be dripping sweat and it's like snowing outside mm. i was like what is wrong with these places why can't they just have normal temperatures <laughs> in here <laughs> um but that was quite cool and then the third internship i did was proenza shula 
And that was a really cool one. So they, that's also two guys as well. Pro. Um, pardon? What's it called? <laughs> Pro. Proenza is what I heard. Proenza Shula. Ah, Proenza Shula. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Who? Hey, fucking Pro. <laughs> 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 Pruenza Jula. Okay, yeah. 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 Um, uh, and that one started off, that one was a bit of a weird one because they were a bigger designer and I wasn't really sure what was going to happen there. But when I started, it was right before Fashion Week. And I think because, again, I was Australian and I had lots of experience, they gave me this really great position which in turn made all the other interns hate me Oh, because they'd all been there you know, slipping away for all this time. Yeah. And then I just come in and they just give me this job, yeah. which was being the dresser for um, the styling of the fashion show, of the runway show. Wow. So I was there while they were working with the stylist on the music, on styling every single outfit, on their thought process, on, you know, so it was just them and me. And I was... Did you meet some big models? Yeah, like really big ones. And especially like later on, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that was, you know. And they were so lovely as well. And, you know, they'd come in for castings and they... I'm like, oh my God, look at... That's that model. And, you know, she's just standing there and, you know. Naomi Campbell? No, not that big, not that big. Sort of like a later, you know. None that I'd know, but (laughs) nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, And um, that was really cool, sort of being in that position and learning that side of things. But then after after the the show and everything, um, it sort of then the job was just you're a, a taxi you're a glorified like courier Mm -hmm. so all you did was get on the train and on the subway and take things uptown downtown across town all over town and that was it and i was like fuck this but the uh, the only thing is the people that you get you got to meet and so many places i would walk in and you know just start having a chat and they're like you just got to get out Get out now before you even get into this industry. It is the worst. You just don't want to be in it. Like everyone, everyone I was seeing was just telling me, Run. get out now. <laughs> yeah, it was just everyone. And it was usually old sort of old men and at like these you know, fabric places and they're like, it's dying. It's a dying industry and it's hard. It's such hard work. It's just, it's not worth it. Just, you know. But then there were some really interesting people. I remember this one guy, he was a, bag maker and I went in there and then he told me this whole story about how he'd designed the logo for Machino Moschino and they took the logo but they never um paid him for it or gave him any sort of oh. yeah uh and he showed me the original cast that he'd made of it and the whole thing it's and, a lawsuit waiting to happen well yeah but I don't think I don't think he couldn't get it yeah but so i don't know how many people he was telling this story to. well i mean it's crazy if it's it true because america is yeah. a land of fucking hey yeah oh absolutely and i don't know i can't remember the reason why he hadn't won it or whatever i just maybe he just hadn't put any paperwork was around he, did it. he have a lot of cash being a bag maker 
No, I don't think so. You would think he'd be going for the jugular. I then. think he would have had a lot of cash if he, you know, yeah, if that yeah, thing yeah, had right. come through. But he, yeah, he started, yeah, he did. And he showed me all the first things. So there was some, and he showed me the first designs and he really wanted me to be a bag designer. Oh. And he gave me all these patterns to take home. And he's like, here, here's the start. Like, get into bags. There, you know, there's so much in it. And oh, did you, you know, give them to Dave? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually. <laughs> Um, but there was a lot of cool stories and, you know, so I didn't, or oh, one, one factory that I walked into, she looked at me and she was like, oh, well, congratulations. And, uh, she thought I was pregnant. Oh, wow. What? How much yeah. booze were you drinking? Yeah, mm. I know. That's why my parents laughed at me. And she was so embarrassed when I was like, what? And her poor little face, she was mortified and... That's oh, a bad mistake. Oh, it's a really bad mistake. You just I've yeah. done it twice. It's yeah. It's oh, the worst. <laughs> yeah, you just don't. No. Unless you're 100%. Uh, yeah. Do not. Yeah. It nearly happened to me the other day, and it, luckily she was. But I had yeah. that moment of, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shut up. Oh, thank God. It oh, went no. the other way, yeah. 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 No, it's not a good feeling. No. And then I went, um, I went on a trip to. Uh, Mexico while I was interning at this place and took a little holiday Yeah, and had such a great trip there and just was out, you know, out in the ocean surfing and just being out of the big hustle bustle of that was New York. And I, just before that, I went to California and went to Venice and I was like, I think I want to live here. I think this is think this is more you know i think i'm a bit sick of the concrete jungle and i want to be by the ocean again and i want more of an outdoor lifestyle and i liked how venice sort of had this you know crazy culture vibe going there and had a bit of everything it's really eclectic and a lot going on um well you know the americans have got a saying live in new york but leave before it makes you too hard yeah live in california but leave before it makes you too soft (laughs) I haven't heard that one. Mm. It's a good one. So anyway, you're ticking (laughs) the boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Uh, So I went into, while I was there, I just popped into this little furniture store and got talking to the girl that was working there and she was an Aussie. And I was saying, oh, you know, so do you live here? And I was like, wow, it's so cool. Like, you know, I'd love to live here. And I was explaining what I did. And I was doing um, fashion internships. And she said, oh, well... A friend of a friend, you know, knows someone that works at um, a label called Travata down in Newport Beach. And that I really, that was a label that I sold at Cactus Jam. So I was. Oh, you knew it. I knew the label and I really loved it. Mm. It was men's and women's wear lifestyle vibe. Mm. Really my sort of aesthetic as well. And I was like, really? That's there? Okay, cool. Um, Well, maybe that's what I'll do. And. Then so after coming back from Mexico, I got to New York. I was I think I was on the bus, sitting on the bus going back to the airport, and I was just so sad. And I just thought, why am I going back to a place that I don't want to? Because I could be anywhere. I've moved over there. So I got back and packed up my bag, bags and left within two days. And I moved back to Australia 
to boom just like i'm fucking out of here yeah i made my decision and i was like well this is not where i want to be right now so i'm out of here yeah yeah so i moved back and got in touch with this place in newport beach travada and straight away they were like yeah great you know and i got that position and then moved to newport beach the oc yeah yeah so that's Mexico was the catalyst of like, I don't want to be in the plugged into the yeah. matrix anymore. And yes, yeah, and the trip to to Venice. And to Venice, I think, yeah. yeah, just my overall health. I, I mean, it was the funnest year of my life for sure. I had a really good friend, Larry, that I was living with in the Lower East Side for the you know the nine the second nine months that I was there and we had just a wild time we were just we'd just get dressed up in weird outfits all the time we were always filming ourselves had these alter alter egos and we'd go out and play out these people and end up at these parties all over the place and just had didn't you pretend like you were from a farm or something yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) I used to yeah I used to wear this gumboot and overall short situation and she used to pretend um she was a mortician and that and i was a farmer and that was one of our alter egos Mm -hmm. yes um and so many adventures and so many crazy sort of crazy times so it was so much fun it was a lot of drinking and a lot of that kind of you know that kind of lifestyle. Well, that's what New York is. I mean, they say it's Disneyland for adults. Yeah. Well, I don't know who says that, but it is. It is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. So that, yeah, it was just all those things that sort of came together that um, told me to, to just change, change it up. Yeah. Yeah. And so then you went to the OC. Yeah. Lived with Gully and Nikki. Yeah. 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 So. And that's pretty weird. The fact that I would surf with Gully over there all the time. And I think you might have even, what are they, what was their nickname for you? VG. VG. I reckon I heard them talk about you, but I always thought it was like referring to one of their dogs or something. <laughs> <laughs> VG. Cause I'd heard this word, right? You know, Gully calls you VG or something. Yeah. VG. Yeah. 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 And, but you know, never yeah. heard. Yeah. Virginia Ships Martin. Never heard of that name. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. And yeah. so you're working, doing another internship. I was doing another internship there. All the time you're doing this, you're in the back of your mind going bubble, bubble, toil and trouble on your own brand? No, I was really taking a step back and I was really enjoying being able to leave the job and being able to leave it mentally mm. at the end of the day. Cause you know, when you've got your own business, it never leaves. Um, so, and I was really aware of that and I just loved it. I was like, Oh my God, it's so good leaving work and leaving it there mentally. Like, and so I really took a break from my stuff. I didn't. Yeah. You're not going home and sewing till midnight. No, I didn't. sew at all, I actually haven't even really sewn since because of my sewing injury that I have. <laughs> it's 
I think it's from something. Do you reckon it could have been from fucking falling four meters off a scooter? <laughs> I mean, like you blame the sewing machine, but it definitely, I don't know, falling four meters off a scooter into a moat. Uh, I mean, it has crossed my mind, but I didn't have any whiplash or anything. Uh-huh. But it has come up in, you know, when doctors have asked if I've had any heavy trauma. trauma. Yeah. And yeah. I've told well, them I've been about sewing that. a lot, so that'll probably do it. <laughs> so oh, there was this one time I fell four meters off a motorbike, but it's probably, I sew heaps. <laughs> it's definitely the sewing. Uh, so I haven't sewn since I, before I moved to New York since till now. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. You sewed up, helped me sew some socks the other day. Oh, yeah, like a little darning. Darning, darning, darning lessons. Socks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's pretty great. Yeah, little, like I'll take up hems and things like that, but um, I won't make a full garment anymore. Mm. Uh, it hurts too much. Um, so, yeah, it was a really nice break mentally, but uh, and I loved living in the States and I wanted to keep living there and I had planned to keep living there. And I was didn't have a visa or anything. I was leaving every three months and coming back in, which I don't think you can do now. Oh, can't you? Oh, it's pretty illegal. Mm. I think now with the ESTA, mm-hmm. they probably yeah, can track yeah, right you a bit more. It, yeah. This is pre that. so. Um, but they were pretty sus on me at one point. Oh, it's so hard every time getting through customs oh, into yeah. America. You feel like a fucking criminal. Oh, absolutely. It's yeah. Like- they told me that I was never allowed to come back in ever again in my life. They put a little thing on my passport. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> they, they thought I overstayed my welcome once, oh, okay. but they just hadn't stamped me out and I just had to prove it to them. Um, but they wouldn't let me enter back in and I was sitting there. I'd just come back from Costa Rica and I was sitting there with all the illegal immigrants down in the dungeon and they were like, you're not coming in. And this was my home and I was just sitting there going, oh, my God, what am I going to do? They weren't, you know, they were being so unhelpful. And then he eventually said, all right, you're allowed this this one last time, but I've put a note on your profile that you're never allowed back in ever again unless you have a visa. Well, no one's allowed in without a visa. Well, without a working visa. (laughs) (laughs) Not on a tourist visa. Anyway, so I ended up finding someone nice that I spoke to and sorting out the situation. So I was allowed back in there again. Just but spattered I never... those eyelids and uh, oh, come on, guys, what's all this about? <laughs> Little old me. It's, oh, it's, there was a lot of calls. You've got to speak to the right person. That's yes. the key. Yeah. Find a nice person. Just keep on calling until you get someone nice. That'll help you out. Um, but I've been in that dungeon. Yeah. It's... Well, maybe mine was in LA. Well, it was not uh, so much the New York dungeon, yeah, but it okay. was. Yeah, it's not fun times. That was not good. No. Anyway, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, so I never had, you know, I didn't have a way of staying there, you know, permanently. But then the... Did you think inter- about marrying someone? I mean, that's a pretty, always a big, you know, easy way to get in. Yeah. Um, I didn't know. I didn't think about that, actually. Oh. <laughs> I was always flashing that one around. I was supposed to, but I didn't... I didn't go through with it. No, a marriage of convenience. No, I know. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I just thought this would this would work. Actually, my grandfather was American, and I was trying to do it legitimately oh. that way because my aunties and uncles have um, citizenship, but mm. my mum just didn't. So anyway, I think at the end the I, the internship turned into a job, 
So it became like a design assistant role. And then they were going to sponsor me to live there. Mm. Um, and that was great. And I was really excited for that. So it was going to be legit. And then I, it was right when the GFC happened and, and then they had to, you know, let yeah. go all of their stuff mm. pretty much down to two people kind of thing. So, um, that dream was down, wasn't available anymore. And I moved back to, I went back to Australia. I just went back actually for a trip. I never went back again. I never, I wasn't sure what was happening with my room. I kept all my stuff there and then I just didn't go back. And then I decided I was sort of just tinkering on whether I would move to Europe like Spain and do an internship there. Another one. <laughs> Another one that's just on a real just, internship bender. Yeah, I am a, a career intern. <laughs> it's like never getting a job, just interning. And then I decided that I should start the label. I was ready. Yeah. And uh, so I did. Yeah. And that was by that time, by the time I started it, it was 2009. And by the time I launched it, opened the first store with the launch it was may 2010 yeah 12 years 12 years and so has it always you know did it was it a you know did it kick off straight away or you know no it was really hard i opened it this first store in the little building called curtain house which is where rooftop bar and the toff um is and on the third floor there so the only other stores is a bookshop called metropolis books it's a great bookstore and then um the pam store and our store so it pam. wasn't yeah mm. pam so it wasn't a shopping destination and the only real people that would walk past it is if they're going to the bookshop or pam or if they're on the rooftop and the lift isn't working so it was a real destination um and i didn't have wholesale at that point well, i don't really have wholesale now uh so I was only relying on that foot traffic. So it was pretty hard, you know, at the start. It did take a long time to, to kick off. Um, and a year later, I opened the store on Brunswick Street, which is in a really prime location and great street frontage. So that Still was, the one you have there now? Yeah. So it's been there now for 12 years? 11, 11, 11 years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it definitely took time and then I started doing wholesale and then was trying to get it out, you know, more. So it it's definitely taken a long time um to to now and you know, I used to have a lot more stores. At one point I had seven stores, which was quite a lot. Now I've cut back to three, which is so much more manageable and enjoyable. Uh, you know, I think at some points you just think bigger is better, more, more, and then you realize actually no. It, that, that's not that's not true so yeah it's been really good just to to you know pair it all back make everything a little bit more streamlined and easy and just really focus on what we have instead of trying to grow too much and so within your own like you know um how, how do you hinge what you perceive your label to be like so you know like i look at patagonia it's you know outdoor mountain kind of surf slash surfwear right what's your mm. vibe oh it's women's wear mm. uh casual sort of to dressy mid-end so 
the customer base is from early 20s to 60s. Really wide. It's pretty variety. big. It's a big one. And that's the sort of ethos from the start was to have something in there for anyone that walked in. Um, really classic, simple styles that are trans-seasonal. And trans-seasonal. Trans-seasonal and, trans, and trend, non-trend-driven. Yeah, okay. Which um, sort of makes them, you know, really long-lasting, um, timeless. These are sort of the Great things. words. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and that's from the start. The, my inspiration came from travel and the ocean. And so everything was, felt very natural. Um, each collection is based on a different part of the world. So travel for me is really important, something that I love and something that really inspires me. So I wanted to bring that into the label so each time I travel, uh, well, not every time, I always pick somewhere that I've been and base the collection on there. So I'll look at the colors and the culture and the architecture and the people and my experience and come up with the overall feel for the collection and the color palette and the prints. But it's not a hard line. Like, it's not a hard line. Like you don't know. This is the, this is a, a what do you, um, caftan or what? <laughs> this is all, you know, no, it's got yeah. a modern twist. It's got, yeah. It's still, a Western twist. Yeah. It's still within the bar aesthetic as well, okay. which, you know, is very classic, simple, but having these, um, little notes that you can kind of see as a full collection and it's the way that we style it together. But if you didn't know what that was, you know, you probably can't tell. You wouldn't know, you know. It's not like, oh, what's Bowles vibe going to be like this time? Completely different from the last one, yeah. you know. Somewhere We're in not the- alienating <laughs> the customer every time, just changing it all up. But it's just a, an inspiration point for me, yeah. basically, to base it from. Which is really fun because otherwise, you know, it could be quite hard thinking, oh, what's the new next collection, you know? Is it just summer, winter? Yeah, so two collections a year. So there would have been like 25 collections now. How many pieces in a collection on average? Um, about 120. Fucking hell. That's, sorry, excuse my French. (laughs) That's a lot. That's a lot. Well, yeah, I, I mean, as well as having a diverse age category, I also do a lot of different product categories so it's you know mainline clothing and then there's knitwear and then i do shoes and bags and hats and yeah, have, do you ever use those templates from old mate and no yeah. i haven't i don't do you still have them i don't think so i maybe somewhere i mean i doubt i would have thrown them out i would have kept all that stuff so i have i don't know where it is i should find it actually not in a, not in a box with your first pants probably probably mm. around there yeah mm. um and Sorry, I threw you off track. You're talking about how many pieces are in a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so there's a lot of different categories and that's just, I love learning new things and um, designing just as much as I can. I always over-design and have to cut the collection down. But well, Is that helpful for the following collection? You go, oh, I'll just... Oh, yeah, then I just thought, I'll bump that along and yeah. then then you only have to design half the amount. But that's, a pro- yeah, I don't, I always over-design and I don't know. Love doing it. Love doing so many different uh, categories and products. I just like, you know, the diversity and doing all these different things. And I love the business side of things as well. I love being able to switch from one side of the brain to the other. Sometimes I love the business side 
more than the design side. It just depend, depends, depends on, on the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just is like, look, uh, seems to me a lot of work watching, witnessing. <laughs> looks like a lot of work. It's stressful. Yeah, it can be stressful, but but you're on the hook constantly. Yeah, and but I think you learn from at an early point that holding stress or feeling stressed isn't going to help the situation. So I don't know about that. (laughs) I think, you know, especially with production, which is always really stressful because there's always things that are wrong and it's just a constant, you know, you've got to be fixing situations all the time and finding new, new ways of doing things or, so it is stressful, but I think you learn to just, know know that it's not the end of the world and you know other people aren't going to know what you know and it'll be fine Mm. so and i guess it's stressful in the fact that it's always there and it's on you and there's no escaping there's no you can't go on holiday and not look at your emails every day you know, there's, you've sort of got to be on all the time. And you want, I mean, I want to, I don't want to be away, not know what's going on, you know. But but I don't feel stressed, but I guess it is a stressful component. And you but, must be pretty close with all the people that you're working with. So after looking yeah. at the people that you did all your internships with and now looking at your own business, is it reflective of those businesses? Or, you know, or do you oh, think you've definitely. got a better, a, a, be able to make a better model? I mean, I've taken everything that I've learned in all of them and sort of taken the bits that I liked and taken out the bits that I didn't like. So, you know, I guess it was good working all of these different places, seeing what worked and what I definitely know I don't want to do and trying to replicate that. And I have such a good team and it's just really important. Team is everything. And having good people around you is, you know, is key to having successful business and the same with um you know the store staff as well like you want you want happy people and you know that people can see that and feel that as soon as you they seem walk to in. always be taking them lollies is that how you keep them happy <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the ways yeah run <laughs> just, just gonna drop some lollies off to them <laughs> just keep them full of sugar <laughs> yeah it to the heart through the belly um yeah that is one way yeah of course but no (laughs) uh all right so what do you do to decompress from all this crazy fashion stuff crazy fashion stuff well i'm i love nature yeah i love getting in nature it's weird asking you these questions yes (laughs) what do you do (laughs) um so i love surfing and I love the ocean, being in it, around it, looking at it, whatever. Mm. And I always have, and you know, fixing things, fixing things in board, whatever. Um, so yeah, anything to do with being outdoors, getting down the coast, being in the water. And I lo- love activities. I'm like a real activity kind of gal. Yeah, you got your arm in a cast. What's going on? <laughs> Let's have a little. Delve in here. Your arm is in a cast. Yeah, yeah. That was a snowboarding accident last weekend. Oh. 
Yeah. <laughs> Real bummer. First broken bone. Yeah. Except I think I've broken my nose before. Oh. But this is... S- Scottish headbutt. Yeah. Scottish kiss. What is it? In, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, one of those. Yeah. That's when you headbutt someone with your yeah. forehead. Yeah. And you oh, break their nose. Okay. When you break their nose. Okay. I think so, yeah. It's called a Scottish kiss or something oh, like that. Yeah. That makes sense. But actually, you wouldn't use your nose. Anyway, yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think that was that was a break. What happened? Uh, surfing. Board. No. Oh. What was, happened to your wrist? Oh, was snowboarding. Yeah, what happened? Well, I was just minding my own business mm. um, down the bottom of a run and somebody just misjudged where I was and just flew into the back of me. So you were like lining up for the chair or the whatever was going on? Not, yeah, not quite at the bottom of the run, but, you know, at that little bit just before. Um, and she just came flying, flying down. and She? She. Oh, my God. Yeah, and just... Skier or a snowboarder? A snowboarder. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see you. What? Fuck. (laughs) How could you not see me? It's like pretty... Anyway, it was just one of those days. It was so busy. It was icy. It was, yeah, not... Did you know straight away in your gut that something had happened? Uh, I was just so fearful. So... And I think because in my mind I'd already, I don't know if I, I'd already thought about this happening. And when I went. You manifested this. I didn't manifest it. I was trying, I was thinking, because my friend said, should we have a coffee now? And I said, let's just have a run then the coffee. And I thought in my mind, oh my God, if something happens on this run and I'm the one that changed the course of what was going to happen, and it's going to be my fault that I changed that. And if I had have said yes to the coffee, anyway, this happened in my mind Sliding before. doors. This happened in my mind before. And so I was going down going, yep, this is the run. Like, no, nothing's happening. Nothing's going to happen. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm good, good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> and <laughs> I was just like, nothing fuck. can happen on this run only because I've like, have this paranoia that I've, I've like, I don't like making decisions because I don't like changing the course of the universe. And I felt in that moment, <laughs> that's what was going to happen. And it did happen. And I fell over. I didn't realize, I mean, I smacked my head pretty hard, but I had a helmet on, thankfully. And at first it was more my head than it was my bum, like sort of the side of me, my hip. That hurt. And then I was I was in a bit of shock. And then I sort of realized. How big was this girl? That my wrist. <laughs> <laughs> just normal, just uh, average size. Yeah. Must have hit you pretty hard. Yeah. Well, I think it was just the she clipped my board and it just like took me oh, up and right. back. Yeah. She. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I realised that the wrist was hurting and it wasn't. It was getting worse. Mm-mm. Yeah. So that's that wasn't that was not fun. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not fun. Well, so you're pretty active, obviously, by the looks. <laughs> Very active, but yeah, these are all the things well, that I do. It's unfortunate you're going to go on a holiday that next day. <laughs> and, um, yes, I ruined our surf trip that we were going on the <laughs> following day and had to cancel the whole trip. It was very sad. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, I, I want to say thank you. 
I don't know why that just popped so heavily. I want to say thank you because I know that you really didn't want to come and sit down in this chair today. <laughs> well, you haven't wanted to do it for ages. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> hasn't quite been just today. <laughs> you had to literally set it up and sit there waiting for me to come and sit down. Yeah. Yeah. I've been sitting here for a couple of days now <laughs> on a hunger strike. <laughs> it's coming close to that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. No, thank you. All right, this is getting weird. I'm going to press stop. <laughs> but you've been an amazing guest, and thanks, okay? okay? Yeah, no right. worries. Okay, shut up. Thanks. <laughs> well, there you have it. There was my chat with none other than Virginia Bull Martin. Um, Bull, Virginia, Slimbo, if you're out there, thank you so much for... Um, for the chat, thank you. So, I really appreciate it. Um, always fun, always fun. Um, and whoever else you are out there in the wide world, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Um, yeah, I love doing this, and I love the fact that um, you know I can see it's reflected that uh, that I, you know I've got ears out there, and I so I appreciate it. And uh, wherever you are in the world, I hope you're in good health. Um, and you know, there are ups and downs, you know, I've just had one of like, there's been like a bit of a down up sort of like couple of weeks, you know, being sick and not getting to go on a trip that we had planned for quite a while. And, you know, the, the algorithms of life don't always 